Um, what I'd like to do this morning uh, is actually not preach <coughs> so much. Um, I'd like to respond to uh, a prophetic word that was given by Jeremy Simpkins at Borderlands to us as a church. What I'd like to do is I'd like to look at it. What does it mean? Um, there are things that I might miss of it that you probably will highlight. Uh, what should we expect? What should we do? That's the, the word. Uh, probably on the back row, you're probably looking at that as a blur. But I'm going to give you a copy. Everybody's going to have a copy. So it's not a sermon this morning. It's just a, a response back. Over the last few weeks, what we've been doing is responding a little bit to what God has been saying to us. So I spoke, you can listen to these uh, online. I spoke a sermon on expectation. There's a great uh, uh, thing on the, on the website of a fish going into a bowl. You need to click on that. Rupert spoke absolutely excellently in terms of our prophetic words. Uh, and uh, then last week I, I put a pastoral note in the middle of all this uh, to, to help sort of people. And this morning what I want to do is just look at this. So the prophecy... Let's begin there, uh, and there it is. You, if you can't see it, you'll have to bear with me. Uh, the, uh, the prophecy goes like this. I can't do it in an accent of Jeremy Simpkins. He comes from Hastings, and I come from Wolverhampton, so the, the two are completely different, so apologies. Uh, it was given, the way that it was given was that he was preaching. It was the last section, uh, session of our, our regional camp together. It was a Sunday morning, and in the midst of preaching, uh, he had words for different churches. This was ours. He said this, he said, The focus is changing, beware. The focus was borderlands, but now the focus is switching to Wales and making an apostolic base to press into Wales. Your first focus should be Wales. Uh, Sorry, uh, your first focus should not be Wales, but should be and is Jesus. You are led well in that by Nigel and Callie. We'll pass that one. Uh, The vision isn't for Wales. It is for the glory in Wales, the glory of Jesus in Wales. The vision isn't for a church in Wales, but a glorious church that gives glory to Jesus. The vision isn't to live rightly, but to live rightly for Jesus. The vision isn't for a great community, but for a great community for Jesus. I saw a mighty man, a glorious warrior standing across Wales, amazing, uh, incredible, arrayed with armour, strength and power, like an iron giant raising up gloriously, striding Wales like a mighty colossus. You ask, are you for me or for my enemies? No, wrong question. It is not about you or your vision or your enemies. I come as the commander of the Lord's hosts. He is Jesus and he's passion and has a passion for Wales. He's got a foot in the door. He's got a foot in the territory. He's taking ground. The battle uh, is the Lord's and not yours. He's giving you fresh vision for a glorious Jesus. A Jesus armed to the teeth. A Jesus in power and authority and glory that will defeat every prince and principality, every demonic dragon, everything that is against us and him. It's not your battle. The battle is the Lord's and he comes as the commander of the army of the Lord. In Wrexham, he's given you a fresh vision of Jesus and his glory and power and authority of Jesus As you align yourselves with him, he's going to win battles and you're going to get loads of the credit. But you'll know it's not you, it's him. The Lord is doing it. The Lord is marching again in Wales. He's marching with heavy footsteps right across Wales and you're going to have the joy of stepping into his footsteps and making them yours because you have seen Jesus afresh. Um, I've only got one slide this morning, so we can leave that as we go. There are similarities uh, in that prophecy to uh, a scripture that you'll find in Joshua chapter 5, 13 to 15. It says this, When Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted his eyes and looked, 
And behold, a man was standing before him with a, with a drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for your adversaries? And he said, No, I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Now I have come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth, and he worshipped him and said, What does my Lord say to his servant? And the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take off your sandals from your feet, for the place where you're standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Uh, I just want to comment about that before I put a general response uh, out before we move into the specifics. It's interesting that Joshua uh, asked him, he said, now what, what do you want to say? And that is really important that we do that. What do you want to say? What do you want to do? Uh, and previously, the, uh, the prophecies that we have that, that Rupert bought, and particularly the, this one, I want to encourage us to, to take a demeanor, to take uh, a manner. Uh, I'm just feeling the, a little bit of the weight of that in, in my own personal life. And the manner that I feel that we ought to take is the place where you are standing is holy. And uh, I want us to be stirred by that. And uh, this, is th- this is something a little bit different that is going on. It's not the norm, uh, what is happening. And although that we don't see uh, the manifest uh, presence yet of God in a heavy way, he's constantly and repeatedly speaking to us. So I, I, I believe just in all my heart that what we should do is take that stance. The place where we're on is holy ground. This is not a time to mess around. This is a time to respond and be in a, a subject position, as it were, to, to God. So, uh, what is a general response? Two things that I want to say. Firstly, is that over the last few uh, months and even years, Rupert again put these together for us, God has been speaking to us. Now, I think that it's just worth saying that we have not responded very well to those things. Uh, I had to ask Rupert to give me some of those references back. I hadn't kept a, a good record of them. He had. And uh, looking at them, you can begin to pick up that God is saying to us particular things. And he's been saying to us those things time and time again. And actually, and I put myself uh, in, the, in, in that, um, I would say that we've not, I have not responded appropriately to those things. And I want to start off by apologising to you that, you know, those prophecies have come. There's been a bit of excitement when they've been there uh, and uh, just let them go. And, and God has come back and he's gone and said, OK, now I'm saying that thing again. And I'm saying that again and saying it again. That is why that we are doing this over these few weeks, because uh, we've not picked them up in the way. But having said that, I just want to be very grateful to the mercy of God because the wonderful thing is about these things is that he's been saying these things and because Nigel's been a bit thick and stupid or whatever you might like to call me, uh, he keeps saying them graciously and the reason for that is that he wants those things to happen. So he says them time and time again. So I think one of the things that we can do is be grateful that God hasn't uh, given up on us that he's, um, we should be grateful that we know that God is clearly speaking to us. What does, it, what does that mean then? It means that he's preparing us for something that's to happen. So it's not here yet, but it will happen. It's not tomorrow, although we would like it to be tomorrow. Um, Kelly has this fear that when we start our extended break next Sunday, that the following Sunday that God will come move through you and... Uh, uh, we'll be on a beach somewhere and you'll be meeting with God and I actually will be very jealous. And, uh, and Kelly keeps saying to this, I just feel this sense. If you do that, you ring me up and I'd rather pay the price to come back. Uh, but maybe I shouldn't come back because if God's meeting with you, he's teaching me something. But <laughs> then it's just, it's just that, you know, that, that sense of, you know, it's, it's, it's about to happen, guys. It is about to happen. Uh, and uh, so we see that and that's why we're looking at this 
And uh, I, I don't know whether what is going to happen next week, but Jonathan is, is speaking on prayer next week. And uh, I'm sure that the whole bit that we've looked at will be encompassed by what Jonathan has to say because I believe that in him looking at a response in terms of prayer will be this is one of the ways that you should respond to it. So God speaking, we should be grateful, but we should be also ready. We're ready. Uh, this is the time that we shouldn't be missing things. The other thing is that, uh, um, and I know that I'm repeating it, the scripture says this, 1 Thessalonians 5, 20 verse tw- and 21, do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. And uh, I think sometimes, again, what I've done in the past is that I've just hung these prophecies and they're just hung there. And uh, I think what I probably haven't done is, uh, is given them uh, much time. So I, I just want to say in terms of where we're going with Jeremy's prophecy, I'm certainly not going to despise it. We are going to test it. That's what we're doing. But we're going to hold fast onto what is good. We're going to keep that and say, okay, that's what we, we're going to do. Let's be shaped by it. Let's be changed by it. So shall we work our way through it? Let's look at the key points, believe it or not. It's not hugely long unless I have one of those things where I go off to the right. If, if I do, just pull me back, okay? Okay, the first thing that, uh, that struck me, and, and please understand that I've spoken to Jeremy about this and said, you know, what do you, what do you feel that you want to push through on this? The first thing is this. He said this in his prophecy, the focus is changing, beware. And I found that quite a strange thing to say because it's, you know, you, you get something to so say, the focus is, uh, is changing, this is a warning. And uh, I, I just thought it was a funny phrase to use, beware. And, and, the, and uh, it simply means uh, that we can be caught out by change or resist change or even we, we may uh, not hear it. And so I think for some of us this morning, these prophecies or this prophecy are not part of your life and that's where the beware comes. The beware comes, don't let these things pass. Beware, get them into your life. What he goes on and says is the focus is changing. It was borderlands, it's switching to Wales. Now, we've been part of what is called the New Frontiers Borderlands uh, region Uh, Since 2005, I was previously uh, involved uh, in what was called the Midland uh, region, which is where we were planted out from. Uh, I've led that region uh, for a while, and uh, it has had a focus, as you would probably know, on Staffordshire and Shropshire and uh, North Wales. That has been the mix. And now uh, the prophetic word says, that uh, now God is changing things around. I want you to be wholly focused on Wales. So what, what have I done to usher that through? Well, the first thing is that I have stopped leading uh, the region, the borderlands region that, that I did lead. I'm no longer uh, leading that region. The, the leaders know that. Um, I've handed that over. And there's all sorts of discussions going on at the moment about where they go. I'm just sitting out of it. It's quite nice to just sit out of it. This Thursday is my last Borderlands pastors meeting. Kelly and I are going to Stafford. Uh, I'll no longer do that. Uh, I've handed it completely and utterly over. Our camp that we had uh, was actually the last camp. There won't be a Borderlands camp anymore but there will be uh, other camps in the future. Voices going already. Um, But they won't be uh, the Borderlands. It won't be from Borderlands. So I've put that in. What am I going to do? Uh, What are we going to do? Two things, really. First thing is, uh, I'm going to put my whole heart into building the church here. I think if I'm honest with you, and just uh, really open with you, Um, that I've put efforts into borderlands when I should have put it into the church. It's just me being honest with you. I've spent a lot of time with different churches uh, going around and I think there's been a loss in regard to here. And uh, that has been 
something that I have uh, felt. The, uh, and what does that mean in regard to here? Well, uh, we're just going to go and be a part of a region. And uh, there is, uh, you probably know that New Frontiers uh, is divided up into def different regions of which we're part of uh, the, uh, uh, a New Frontiers region called Christ Central, led by Jeremy Simpkins. And uh, in those regions, there are smaller areas uh, of which come together. And uh, from September, I'm just going to go and be a part of what is called the North West region. And so uh, people in Manchester, Liverpool and Chester and that whole area. In fact, I, the, the honest truth is I don't even know at this point who makes up that region because I haven't yet been to a meeting. So I'm just going to be a part and put my efforts into here. Uh, the second thing I want to just talk about is that it says that we're to make an apostolic base and press into Wales. Now, if you look in the Bible, you'll find apostolic bases. Uh, Jerusalem, Antioch, Ephesus were all apostolic bases. They were churches that sent teams to other ch churches and groups to help them in different stages of their development. That's the best way of doing a broad uh, view of it. We, I don't really want to go into the, the theological ups and downs of that. I just want to leave it there. Now, let me just be honest with you again uh, and just say this. that when we, when we get a prophetic word, we're to make an apostolic base. Here's the first thing. That is what Callie and I came to do. That was what we were commissioned to do when we left Rugeley. Uh, by then, the Midland region team was to come and do that. The, the truth is that here yet, um, and there is no criticism in that at all, is that we are not yet an apostolic base. It's something that is yet still to happen. So that means that what we have to do is that we have to strengthen our home base so that we are able to release teams to go. So our first move is a strengthening move and a move to be able to get people so that they can go from here into Wales. Uh, that would be done uh, in uh, maturity, obviously, and numbers. We need both of those things to be able to do that. Um, and so that is something that we have to concentrate on. We have to concentrate on doing that. Uh, we have to not be distracted in terms of doing that. So we have to be willing to say, okay, uh, I'm in this so that I can be built up, equipped, trained. Uh, I can then be released. Whatever nationality you are, whether you are UK or the world, uh, in terms of that so that we can go and do that. It also means that we mustn't put any pressure on this church. So what we don't do is that, is that we, we don't say, okay, we're going to go and do this and that and the other, and the end product is that there is no Wrexham church, and that what we've done is that we've, we've done all of these things over Wales at the cost of here. So, no, numbers need to go up for us to be able to safely release and also give away people to Wales. We want to be able to do that. Let's give bunches of people all over the place, which means that we've got to keep growing so that we can keep sending. That's the way that we've got to go. This means in the future that there will be a New Frontiers, North Wales region of churches. You have to dream this. You have to not see it uh, in terms of the way that it is now. You have to, see, you have to ask in your mind's eye, can you uh, see that? And some of those churches will be planted, others will be adopted. And uh, that is very, very important that we grasp it. Now, just going back to that and just being honest with you, I've had loads of conversations over the years when people have come here and what they've said to, to me is, uh, you know, um, you know we, we've come with these things that we want to offer you. And I've listened to those um, uh, endlessly sometimes. Uh, they've come with a, an agenda and, an, and a ministry and they've sort of said, uh, you know, I, this is my ministry and this is my agenda, we want to come and do that. Now, I just want to talk to my new leadership team, if I can, just to talk to you at church. I think what we have to say now is this, this is our 
agenda. You, you're very welcome to come. You're very welcome to join us. You're very welcome to be a part of the family. But this is where we're going. This is where we're going. We, we want to strengthen this. We want to do that in maturity and numbers. You're very happy to be a part of this. Then when we've done that, we're going to be sending teams all over the place. Some won't come back, some will. We have to sort of almost say that. And I think I've been a little bit um, apologetic, is that the right word, in, in saying that? And uh, I had an instance, I won't tell you this, that Callie and I had a, a couple. They came um, from Cumbria uh, to see us. And they said, we feel called to Wales and we feel called to Wrexham because we want to start this ministry in Wales. And we listened to them. In fact, we listened to them both in the morning. We went out for lunch with them and in the afternoon. And I have to admit to being an absolute coward and not saying to them, no, you have got to come here and be built into this. And in the end, I I did it in a very cowardly way by email and saying to them, you know, look, we heard your story, but your story is we are coming here so that we, we want to be in your church so that we can promote this. And I think I've got to go and say as the pastor, no more. <laughs> I've got to really say that, you know, and I've got to smile with my best smile and go, no, I'm not doing this anymore because we're, we've got a mission and our mission is this and this is the way that we should go. And this is what God has said. And he keeps saying it. If you look at Rupert's thing, he hasn't just said it once. He said it dozens of times. And if I don't do this, I think God's going to give me a whack. <laughs> okay. The vision is for Wales. It is for the glory of Wales, a glory of Jesus in Wales. Now, that is very important, but it is also controversial. As much about being in Wales is about re-establishing Welsh culture, identity and language. Now, I know that from the very beginning that was told me, and I mean told me, that uh, in no uncertain terms, and Callie and I were scolded (laughs) in terms of this, that, that, you know, if we're going to plant churches in Wales, then it must be about Welsh culture, identity and language. Now, I'm not saying that amongst these churches we shouldn't have Welsh culture, identity and language. But the overriding thing of all these things should not be those things. It should be the prominence and preeminence of Jesus in Wales. Yeah? And I think, to be honest, I've had enough now (laughs) of it. And I've learned my lesson because I've had a few lectures on this both in and out of the church. And, and it, you know, and, and we, we, what we're doing is we're saying we can't go into these places because, you know, what happens is, what do, you, what do we mean when we say that? We cannot go into these places because we, we are English speakers. And that has been said to me. You can't go into that place, that place. Look, what we're about here is, is we're accepting that in some of our churches there will be English-speaking and Welsh-speaking. There will be people that will wear those strange black hats and those <laughs> lovely clothes and that they, they wear. There will be people that will, that will uh, drink uh, brains beer and all of that sort of stuff and nothing else and drink that strange whiskey. What is that whiskey called? Pen? Pen? Have you ever tried Penden? It's like thinners. It's lovely. You've got to be kidding. It just takes your insides out, that stuff. Uh, you know, we can't be like, if you join this church, we drink Penryn Brisky and drink brains, but we can't. Look. This has got to be, this has got to be about the honour, kingship and rule of Jesus above those things. That's the way that it's got to be. Now that helps us in regard to our message and where nots to be drawn. And I've been drawn on that one so many times. Okay, third point. Uh, I saw a mighty man, a glorious warrior, standing across Wales. Amazing, incredible, arrayed with armour, strength. That whiskey is... I find that's terrible. Uh, Strength and power. Like an iron giant raising up gloriously, astriding Wales like a mighty colossus. This mighty warrior stands across Wales and he's more powerful than Wales. And I think we need to hear that because what firstly has happened is there are there is so many things that tell us that we can't do this. 
And it's about time we stopped this. We stopped the attitude of that this nation of ours cannot be broken into. Now, and you've heard me say this in terms of uh, here locally and places that I've been, it's time that we stop saying that, that Wales is a difficult place to be in and stop saying that it's a place of small churches. It's time to stop it. It's time to go, as soon as I go, it's tough here to just whack yourself. If you don't feel it the first time, ask somebody else to do it for you. Just, uh, just, it's beginning to sort of have somebody. Please issue you all yourselves with either electric goads or cricket bats. And just as soon as you go, it's difficult. Just, you know, do yourself in, okay? To die is gain. Don't worry about <laughs> it. Just do it. But it's just really got to stop because the prophetic word was that uh, there's like an iron giant rising up gloriously, a striding whales like a mighty colossus. We, we, do we not believe that Jesus is greater than the nation that we live in? Yeah. And it's time, guys, to, to start and address this issue and to stop this thing that comes into us where, where sort of Wales is bigger than Jesus. It isn't. It's poppycock. But the, we have the, all the overseas going, go, poppycock. Translation, not one. Okay. Uh, don't, don't worry. Uh, Nathan will explain to you poppycock later. But, but this, is, this is so important in terms of the way that we view it because we have viewed it as, as if we're not going to win. We're, we're on a losing battle rather than a winning battle. And uh, we don't want to, you, know, uh, uh, you know, do this triumphant stuff. But one of the things that we do need to be is triumphant. We need to, you know, sometimes what we've said is that these people, they're, they're, you know, there's the health and prosperity people. They're really triumphant. And we sort of go the opposite way. And we're, no, come on, guys. Some of the things that they have said, we need to believe because they have believed in a triumphant Jesus that can take ground and advance. And we need to believe this. Now, this is also important in regard to our viewpoint. Because often what happens is that our viewpoint of Christianity is it's just me and my God. It's me and my little personal battles, as it were, which are not sometimes little and small. They are are quite large. And we can be beaten into what I call small-mindedness in regard to our relationship with God. That actually what my life is, is about me, my family, and my God. And that's what God does. That's what Satan does. He, He reduces you to think smallness. That's what he does. And what he does is he, he tells you something like this. He starts off and he says, he, he, he says things like, you know, uh, uh, this battle that you are personally facing is the biggest thing in the world, does he not? And everything in your world is then viewed by this thing. Now, if we are, if we are to change this, we have to lift ourselves up beyond the personal relationship with God thing. And it's been great that that personal relationship thing has swept through our churches and people have felt that they've got a personal relationship with God. But sometimes what it has done is been at the cost of the church advancing and the kingdom advancing. Because that's the way that it's been. And what that has done is, is sometimes it's made church unimportant. So what, because the, the, the personal relationship with God, so I've got my personal relationship with God. I don't need to come to church. I can choose whether I come to church and that sort of stuff. And that sort of thing has happened. Now we should have that sort of thing, but we also need to know the, the, our, the vision that God wants to, ch- to do is much bigger than you and my personal battles. That he has got a mission for all the churches across Wrexham and Wales to advance into this nation. And unless we lift ourselves up from, if you like, our small-mindedness, we're not going to be able to see that. Do you see what I mean by that? Because what happens is that we can just got thrown in, into our sort of thing. You know, do, do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean when I'm saying that? So we have to change our thinking from what I call a personal relationship with God to hear that God has planted me 
in this nation to win the nation. It's more than that. That I'm here for a reason. I'm here because God has a work to do in this nation through me. It's bigger than, than me and my thumb, if, if you know what I mean. You know, I hit it with a hammer. That's church out for six weeks. But, you know, that's a, that's, are you all right? You did, did you hit yours with a hammer? No. Can we have a look at your thumb? Would you like to raise your thumb? Okay, okay. Please pray for his thumb later. It's a finger. Okay. But do you see what I mean? And we, I don't know whether you've grasped this yet, but being a part of Gateway Church Wrexham has to be the city in which we live in and the nation of which that city is dwelt in. We have to be bigger than that. And that must be the way that we go. Okay. Th- uh, one, two, three, four, five. Five. You ask, you are for me or for my enemies? No wrong question. It's not about you, your vision, or your enemies. I come as the commander of the Lord's house. He, uh, he's Jesus, and he has a passion for Wales. He's got a foot in the door. He's got a foot in the territory. He's taking ground. The battle is, not, uh, is the Lord's and not yours. You see, I think so many times in history, the problem has always been is, is that it's about our fame. It's about my fame. It's, a, it, it's about how, how I am. And, and we're not going to build anything where, where it is about me. And it cannot be about me. What have I learned in the last 12 months? What have I learned through all the difficulties that we've had to face as a church? What am I to learn about going away in the next... Uh, next Sunday, what am I going to have to learn? That I mustn't build a church around Nigel Lloyd. Mustn't. It cannot be about me. Now, I know the Apostle Paul says that I follow, I want, you know, do, but I don't think he actually meant I want you to follow me. I think he meant him to say follow the things that I do, <laughs> not, not me. And I think that's one of the things that we can, we are still me-centred in the world. And it cannot be about me. And even to a sense in that we build churches that are about me. They're about me and what I feel. But also we build churches that are about this church. And if we're going to win this, it can't be about my fame. It can't be about your fame. And it can't be about the fame of this church. It's got to be about the nation and the churches that are in that nation. Now, I know that there will be theological differences between the church down the road and us, but we need to stand better with other churches than we have. It's not going to be our church, and we mustn't think that with pride and arrogance that sweeps through this church, and we're meeting in the William Aston Hall, and there are thousands coming to us, and, and all of that sort of stuff. We, we mustn't begin to think about that, this. But we must be able to, to say, okay, that I am thrilled when God blesses other churches and other works in other ways. And we can be so critical sometimes about what they are doing and what these are doing and what it looks like. And I, I want to say to that from my perspective and us as a church, today that ends. Today that ends. We, we need to see God in different denominations, whether we like that or not. You need to sort out your attitude. Do, do I think that God can work through the Catholics? Yeah, I think he can. I think you have difficulty with it, but I don't think God does. Do I think that God can work through the Baptists? No. <laughs> They're worse than the Catholics. Of course he can. What about the Methodists? What would we do if in the Methodist... You know what the Methodist meeting is like down in the town. But we need to be praying, God, pour out your spirit on these places in our town generously, not standing in isolation to them. It's his nation, it's his church, it's his way of doing it. He's not going to do it our way, he's going to do it his way. And uh, we also need to see by faith that he's beginning to work in individual churches right across Wales. The prophecy says he's got the foot in the door. And he has got the foot in the door. It isn't just that you and I are saying that there are words that are coming to us. I'm beginning to talk to people 
from, from different ways that are just sort of saying to me, Nigel, there are things that are happening in different places. There's an there's a incredible work, I don't know whether you know this, started off uh, in, a, in a, a caravan site in, in Comwy, now in Flandidno. It isn't anything like we would look at. We just wouldn't. But it's working, and God's at work. And what we're in danger of doing is we're in danger of having a, a critical view over it. And it's time to stop. It's, I'm just saying that as your leader. It's time to stop now. It's time to stop. Uh, God has got a foot in the door. And I want us to know this ourselves. God has got a foot in the door. There's an, in, an anticipation that has begun. You sense that. I, I loved the prayer meeting last week. I loved it because I had an agenda and I lost it. Oh, it was fantastic. Uh, you know, the plans that we had went awry because God began to... And what was wonderful about it, I don't know whether the guys that were there about it, was that it was just a gentle uh, move of the Spirit. Uh, and you could just really sense God's presence uh, beginning to break out words of prophecy, praying for people. It was magnificent. And, and that is what I like. God's got the foot in the door, and he's got the foot in the door here. And uh, this isn't just about New Frontiers or Christ Central. This is about a nation. So, he's given you a fresh vision uh, for a glorious Jesus. How will we know and evaluate what we hear and see? Because the measure will be against a glorious Jesus. I've said this, our hurts and our pains and our ministries and our work and our career and our marriages and our families, they should be measured against a glorious Jesus. It's also fresh with new life. The old ways of church may be changing. Uh, I don't mind this. Uh, I don't know whether Ralph would do that. Uh, I, I, I sinned yesterday morning because I was supposed to have an appointment with Ralph and it was at 7 o'clock and at 7.15 he rang me. And there was Callie and I sweetly snoring. <laughs> and Ralph's outside. Ralph's outside <laughs> praying in tongues and throwing <laughs> bricks at the window. <laughs> it's extraordinary. And, and I got it wrong. I had to apologise. And one of the things that I felt yesterday was, was that Ralph challenged me to think differently. He wasn't challenging me in terms of, you need to learn this, Nigel. He's very gracious. He was very kind, as only Ralph is. And, and what he did is he sort of said, look, Nigel, have you thought about this? It was completely out of the box. It was not a thought that I ever had. It was not a thought. And, and suddenly I, I began to see that he says he's giving you a fresh vision of a glorious Jesus that is very different. And, and I said to Kelly when I got home, I said, this is something that I need to be challenged by. You know, what does this look like? Does even our Sundays look like this? What do our our things? Uh, And uh, it's, I want to put it like this. Let's be involved uh, in a a Jesus first revolution. And and, uh, that's how we will know. Well, I'd say we will know that, we, that God is amongst us because it will be a Jesus-first revolu- revolution, but it won't look like it does right now. So I want you to try and, and think the way that we do church at the moment is not the way that the church is going to be in the future. It's not going to look like this. But one thing it will be, it will be a Jesus-first revolution. So I don't know where that's going to take us, uh, but I'm nervous, okay? But it's exciting. And I don't, Ralph, I do apologise for not getting up at seven o'clock. But it's the quickest shower I've ever had. <laughs> yeah, it is. I do, do, you, do you ever do these things? I'm just, it's just a, do you ever do these things when you're panicking? I, I, I have to admit that in a morning, I, you, now you wouldn't imagine this, but you know, I have an order in a morning <laughs> of which I do things. We've discussed this because I'm the type of person, now it's interesting, that I, I shower and then wash my hair. Now apparently that's the wrong thing to do. <laughs> apparently you wash your hair and then you shower, which I just think is ungodly, but I'm wrong. <laughs> and no wonder that, that God isn't meeting with you in the way that he should, because you wash and then wash hair. That's the way that you do. And, and then I clean my teeth. Well, when, when Ralph rang, I was, I was shoving and everything was going <laughs> in 
<laughs> anyway, and I, ju- I just stood with Ralph uh, where we were looking at something, and I just stood with Ralph, and I just, th- I just thought, he doesn't realize how I feel about myself right now. I'm, I need to be calm and looking godly and, and looking as if I'm understanding, but I'm not sure whether I even wash my hair, clean my teeth, and whatever, and I'm in a mess here. It's just, and, and I want to, and you know, that reaction can be exactly like it is when God moves in churches. We can actually think, I'm not sure whether I'm cleaning my teeth, washing my hair, or washing up, but we have to think, is this a Jesus revolution? And that's the thing that matters. Okay, ground is opening up and opportunities are coming. Uh, we know that because the prophecy talks about defeat of everything that against him. We should be on the lookout for those things that are happening outside of church. We should be noticing surprises, noticing the unexpected, invitations, openings into business, into schools, into institutions, into commerce and industry, different ways of thinking into our neighbours and families. Please notice the surprises and the unexpected coming your way. If it is different and it comes your way and you be asked something you've never been asked in your life, that is your God moment. And the reason that you're your God moment is that that is what he said he will do. There's opportunities coming your way. So don't go, ooh, just take it at that point. We had a strange thing yesterday, uh, I think it was Friday, where somebody came to our door and I don't know whether anybody comes to your door, but we have this pact in our house that you get rid of them within, within the minute. <laughs> that sort of stuff. We can do Jehovah's Witnesses in 30 seconds. You just go, can I pray for you? And they've gone. But, that, but what happened yesterday on Friday is that this person stood on our door. And I looked at this and I thought, what is going on here? Because every time, that, I don't know whether you do this, if there's somebody on your door and you're in together, you do that sort of sideways check to see what's going You just have a look around the corner. And Callie kept this person on the door. I worked out that Callie kept this person on the door for 45 minutes. <laughs> 45 minutes! Now, I wanted to cut the front lawn. I just thought it was antisocial to go... <laughs> <laughs> I thought we'd drive away. Anyway, and I just thought that's one thing. But I just thought, it was just interesting that Kelly then said to me, I just felt it was an opportunity. Now, I believe that that was product of the prophetic word. That God said, I'm going to open up opportunities. So I want you to be aware that in your work and neighborhood and whatever, God's going to give you opportunities. Now's the time to take them. Okay? The commander of the army is at work take the opportunity two more the fresh vision for Wrexham more than that a fresh vision for Jesus and his power and authority in Wrexham we can I don't know I don't know whether you become like me but you know perhaps yeah uh, we can become weary in doing good can't we and I think that's what's happened to the church I think we've become weary in doing good in trying and hoping and longing uh, it it just hasn't happened uh, in the way that we thought Uh, And I believe that that has happened. And I believe that God is asking us, okay, can you believe again? Can you have faith again? Can you trust again? Uh, And that is very difficult, isn't it, to do that? When when you've believed for a long time and you've trusted and you've had faith and you've been asked to do it again, you go, oh, I know a little bit what that feels like, the agony of that. But in the prophecy, it talks about things changing now, what, what will happen when things change? Well, we're going uh, to attract some interesting people. Uh, that is true. But what I want to do is I want to say this to you guys that are seating here. If I can say this. Um, people will come to us when God begins to move. That's what will happen. They want to come and see what God is doing. I want to say this to you. Uh, this is about you guys. This is about God fulfilling prophecies in your lives. Uh, And God is going to use you, yeah, every one of you, uh, to move and equip and change a nation. So let me say this. Firstly, you're the apostolic team. It's you. I know you can't see that at this point. You think, what? I'm going to be going... 
into these different places and coming back. Yes, some of you are going to be going and some of you are going to be going and not coming back. Uh, We have to do that without drawing to self or pride or arrogance with humility. But I just want to say this. um, If somebody comes in because it's going good, I'm not going to take them and reject you. I'm going to take you because it's about you. And some people can come, and they can come because it's, it's doing well, and they can be gifted and extraordinary, and we think must use them. And there is a sense in which we could use them, but not above you, because I believe the call of God is on your lives. You are the apostolic base. <coughs> I like the picture, and I'm nearly through, of the heavy footsteps right across Wales. Do you like that? permanent imprints of the person of Jesus we just have to step into them the imprints are already there they're visible they're deep remember Tony Smith saying that Aslan was on the move Uh, I believe he is he's gone before us he's already at work we just need to be able to see this I believe this is more than churches being planted or churches being adopted I believe this is God working through institutions as well and that's where some of, the, some of those footprints are going to uh, come out in hospitals and large factories. They're going to come out in, in, uh, in council offices and schools and universities. See these imprints that are going to come out. It's not just going to be that way. So what do I want to put in comment to this? I've just got some very brief things. Uh, and uh, I just do want to do a confession as, as I can at the end of it. Uh, the big question is when will God do this? When's God going to do this? He's going to do it this afternoon. You know, I don't know when he's going to do it. I've got no idea when he's going to do it. But, but the promise, uh, it's a promise, so he will. What we are on, folks, is a journey to fulfilment of these things. In truth, we're not emotionally uh, strong enough yet. We're not mature enough yet. We're not numerically strong yet. So the only thing that we can do is take the next step. Let's not take the big leap. Let's take the next step. Let's just go one step forward. So let's not, let's not have the place uh, full of all sorts. Let's not next week think, okay, we need to put 750 chairs out. Let's not do that. Let's take the next step. Can I just set us a simple target? Here's a simple target. Let's be open to the Spirit of God. Let's be responsive to the Spirit. Let's commit ourselves to as much of church life as we can. Let's be, a, let's be together on this. Let's commit ourselves to the family of God here, to hospitality and friendship and care of one another. Let's do that. What should we grow? Well, what is that first step? I don't know what that first step is. But it's got to be a growth step. So here's a challenge. How about you and I get involved in growing the church by 10 people or five families? That's achievable, isn't it? Let's actively pray and ask people, come and stand with us. Let's do that. 10 people, five families, one step, just one step. Let's do that. Let's get them built in, move we go. It's a journey. And one of the things that we have to do is say, yeah, I, I'm agreeing. That's what Rupert did, didn't he? I think Rupert said, would you all come forward for different things? It's a journey. Now, some are going to be reluctant to be on that journey. Some are going to run ahead and uh, have big meetings. Uh, let's go together in it. Let's all go together. Let's not have people over here or people behind here. Let's make sure that we all go together. Uh, I am very happy to lead you on this. As we go, speak into it as we go. I believe the new leadership team will, be, uh, will do that also. Can we keep praying about it? Keep it on our prayer items, our, our prayer meetings. Really thrilled about the Wednesday prayer meeting. Uh, if you're available in the daytime, can you get yourself involved in that? It's a spontaneous thing. Uh, keep talking together about it. What do you think God is doing? Uh, watch for the signs. Be aware of that. And can I encourage us, um, and this is my confession before I finish, can we, can we build this first? <laughs> uh, let's build this first.
I, I would say that too many times that I've been distracted. One, uh, one of those distractions is because in my own pride, I wanted to build something that was greater than Wrexham. And I sincerely want to apologize for that, that, that I've had, a, had an empire thought that has run through me. And it's been a wrong thought to be able to do that. I wanted to be the person at the center of building something with all over. Um, uh, God has had to deal with me in terms of that through failure after failure after failure. The other thing is, though, that I've, I've just been so distracted with it and have not done that. I'll just give you three illustrations to that. I don't want to do a modern one. But when we came here, uh, that we uh, were given... Uh, by our regents, a, a group of people in, uh, in Welshpool, Callie and I. So in our early days, right at the very beginning, when we should have been putting foundations into the church here, Callie and I were on a regular basis going to Welshpool. We were not in a position to do that. We were just not. We, we were vulnerable here, and we're trying to do this here. I, I should have said no. I just should have done that. I know on two occasions, I know there's some guys from Oswestry uh, here, that there have been rises about whether we should do things in Oswestry, and I've been very distracted. I'm not saying that there shouldn't be small groups in Oswestry or, or even small group in Wales. I'm saying that what happened is that I've just been distracted. And I think we need to not be distracted ourselves. We need to be clearly saying to people, when they come here, we're building this first, and then we're going. That's our message. And I've just been distracted. I, I, I have taken my eye off the ball. We were just... I, I was wrong. And uh, I, I'm not going to... I'm going to learn that lesson now. Can I finish with the scripture? And uh, I was going to finish with a song, but I've gone on too much. Sorry. Is that okay? I just want to finish with the scripture... And then uh, do something that I've got for you. It's Psalm 67, which just, again, came to me fresh in terms of the nation of Wales. Can you think about this in terms of you and the nation of Wales? Psalm 67. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. That your way may be known on the earth, your saving power amongst all the nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge people with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God, our God, shall bless us. So that all the ends of the earth will fear him. So what does God do? He blesses us for the sake of a nation. That's what he does. That's his aim. I'm going to bless you, but it's for a nation. But also I think that there's the other way around about that, that God is likely to bless us when we are planning and praying and longing that he will bless the nation. And I don't know whether you want to do that, but you know, I, I would love... I would love God to just bless the nation of Wales again. That its history would not be one of a Welsh revival or the 1850s move of God awakening, but that actually that God would sweep through this nation and that God would use us to do that.